Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Alcuin of York, in his treatise on virtues and vices, when he's considering the main kinds of vices, is going to rely on the schema very explicitly of the eight capital vices, which is coming from Evagrius Ponticus and John Cassian, and then proceeding into monastic literature, a very useful schema, which will eventually be supplanted largely within the, the West by Gregory the Great's reconsideration of these in his morality. Alejandro, Job, one of very, very popular works in the monasteries, which reduces them to the seven deadly sins that I think many of us are much more familiar with. And in talking about some of the vices or sins that are particularly concerned with how we value ourselves and how we compare ourselves to others, it's important that we think about this one envy in particular, which is in the seven deadly sins, but is not in the eight capital vices. I will say this, however, John Cassian, who does not include envy within those eight capital vices, does talk about envy. And so Alcuin's choice to actually address envy in here makes a lot of sense. And we can associate envy and vainglory and pride together as three vicious dispositions that have some things in common with each other. Now, he has an entire chapter on envy, chapter 22, and he says something really interesting here. He brings up this famous passage, death entered into the world or the circle of the lands, if we want to be quite literal, through the devil's envy coming from the Deuterocanonical book of wisdom. And he tells us because he envied the heaven to a terrestrial human, that means he's envying human beings being allowed to go to heaven. He sought in what way he might lose it through the transgression of that mandate, which the creator had decided for humans. And then a little bit later, he's going to tell us that the person who envies is like the devil, who through envy ejected humans from the felicity of paradise. And so envy leads to all these bad things and, and we're being sort of like the devil in being envious. And he tells us that nothing can be more miserable or, or bad or contemptible than envy. Nequius is the word. He's not saying that envy is the most evil, but it's the most worthless. It's a particularly bad disposition. And why? Well, because envy takes the good and turns it into something bad, but it doesn't just do that outside of the person who's envious. It does it within the envious person. They look at the good of others, or they're literally tortured by, torcoretur, by the good that others enjoy. So instead of taking joy in the good that somebody else has, they view that as something bad and bad for themselves. So he says, what it does not have itself, it envies other having. It is the enemy to all good things. 
And it doesn't have to be. The envious person doesn't have to look at others' good as somehow affecting their own. And it, it's a kind of wrong mode of comparison. And the envious person is unable to be charitable. And where there's no charity, nothing will be able to be good. So it, it's a way of taking the good in the world and that of others and screwing it up within the little tiny world that is oneself. Vainglory is not a term that we use an awful lot these days, but it was, you know, real preoccupation. Going back, by the way, earlier than Christian authors, it's also talked about by the earlier philosophers under different names. Uh, kenodoxia, kenos means vain or empty. Doxia is glory or, you know, the value that others place on you. Vana gloria is just how we translate that. And it has to do with striving after praise from others. Now, not all striving after praise is necessarily bad. You know, when you're doing good things and you want somebody else to weigh in and give you feedback, that's not necessarily vainglory. It's when that becomes the primary motivation for doing it. And there's two chapters actually that have to do with vainglory. Chapter 25, titled About Not Seeking Human Praise, is completely <laughs> about vainglory. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But there is also a chapter later on in the treatise about kenodoxia, that is vainglory. So he says, vainglory is when a person strives after being praised. Now notice, in his good things, doing good works, qualities that you have, and the person wants to be praised for doing the good works. And that is the primary motivation. So they're not interested in doing the good works for the sake of doing good works or because they recognize the goodness. And a prime example is giving alms to a beggar. And why do you give alms to the beggar? Well, you know, it could be because you're like, well, that person is destitute. They could really use my help. Or it could be, I want to be a big shot and look like I'm a cool person, very generous. So I'll give to this beggar. But if nobody's watching me, maybe I'll take the money back or I'll not give to other people. That's vainglory. And people do all sorts of stuff motivated by vainglory right? So, you know, he brings up the example of the person who, he says, the Lord says, amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. People who are doing good things just to have everybody else look at them. And it could be good in the sense of like helping other people. It could be praying in public, right? All of that, if it's being done for the sake of show, is really vain glory. And, you know, that's Again, it shows a mistaken understanding of goods and bads, uh, wrong prioritization, and it shows a wrong relation of comparison to other people. What about pride, superbia? It might be easy to mix this up with vainglory. You might say, how, how is pride and vainglory different? I mean, we often talk about pride itself as vanity, right? Isn't that one of the seven deadly sins? Well, actually, vanity is vainglory, but pride is sort of outside of it as the beginning of all sins, at least in Gregory the Great's accounting of it. And there is indeed this biblical verse that says that pride is the beginning, the initium of all sins. So that pride is in a certain way lying behind all of the rest of them. It's sort of like an undertone. And pride and vainglory are very interesting. There's a comparison that can be made. These are 
vices that ruin what is best in us. So the vainglorious person is doing good things. The prideful person does have good things about themselves. You can even start to become vainglorious or prideful about your other virtues. You can be like, oh, look at how generous I am. You know, maybe you're not even being vainglorious about it. You're just being prideful. You're saying, I'm more generous than everybody else. Or I am realizing human potential better than all those other schmucks out there who are not doing it right. Because they're motivated by vainglory. Even vainglory and your lack of it can become a source of pride. And so he tells us at the beginning of the discussion of the eight principal vices, pride is the queen of all evils through which the angels fell from heaven which happens from contempt of the mandates of God. And he says it also happens when the mind is raised about its good works and thinks itself better than others, when actually it is worse. Now, it didn't start out as worse. It becomes worse through that very pride. So it takes something good, sort of like what envy does, takes something good and ruins it. Sort of like what vainglory does, right? Does good actions, ruins it. But in this case, it's a setting oneself up above others and then thereby falling below others who are not themselves prideful. You know, he tells us that a person can take pride in their good works and thus they lose through pride what they had through charity. He says, all pride throws into the depths as much as it raises itself into the height. So much deeper it falls, as much higher it is elevated. He who's lifted up through his own pride is condemned through the justice of God. Before the ruin of a person, his spirit is exalted. So there's this very interesting interplay between higher, greater, lower, worse, that is involved in pride itself. So the mind being raised by its own good works, ignoring the mandates of God. There's another way that he talks about pride leading a person astray. Obstinacy, which is a way of translating contumacia. We could also translate this as contempt, disregard, despising one's obedience to superiors. And this, you know, could be connected with God, but you could also think about this as connected with one's earthly superiors. So he says people despise obeying their lords, right? So that, that is indeed a significant problem. Now, each of these is a very damaging disposition in its own right, but they also lead to other problems. He tells us that pride, for example, leads us to disobedience, presumption, obstinacy, contentions, heresies, arrogance. And why would it lead to heresies? Because heretics, hieracis means choice, choose to take on a certain perspective that excludes the rest of the community. And they say, I'm right. I'm the one who knows better than all of you dummies. And so these are the things that, that stem from pride. What does vainglory itself lead to? All sorts of other problems as well. He says that boasting Right? If you're being vainglorious, you gotta have something to brag about, right? Arrogance, disdain, discord, desire for empty glory, and hypocrisy, simulation of good works, right? What about envy? Does envy have any products or bad things that it leads to? Yes, it destroys charity 
within us. And there are remedies for this as well. So he tells us that envy has some ways for us to deal with it, right? He tells us, let nobody lament the good of anyone else at all or from another's felicity be made sad. I mean, you can remind yourself that if somebody else is enjoying something good, that doesn't actually harm you. It's not making you worse off, right? And humility can help out with that. He says, a man is great who conquers envy by humility and then destroys discord by charity. So the charity that's driven out by envy can be restored through humility and then having charity again. What about vainglory? I mean, one thing you can start doing is thinking about why you're seeking out praise and then not seeking it out in the same way. And there's actually two remedies that he talks about in chapter 34. The medicine of this disease is recollection of divine goodness through which all good things are conferred on us, which we seem to have, right? There's a sense of thinking that we don't need to honor God, but if we understand things properly, according to Alcuin, we realize that everything good that we have, however we may have worked on it, it doesn't come from us ourselves. There's no self-made person. God has given us the very talents, the very dispositions, the very body that we work through. So that can be one part that would be quite helpful. Recollection of divine goodness. And then he says, also the perpetual charity of God himself in whose praise we ought to do all things, whatever good in the world we do, and we ought to desire rather to be praised by God than by any other person. So we can look at God's own goodness and charity and say, well, I I should be like that, not like all these other people who are in it for the praise, right? What kind of person do I want to be? And then we have pride itself. How do we deal with pride itself? Humility. Humility is the most important virtue in dealing with pride. And it doesn't mean like thinking less of ourselves than we actually deserve. It means rightly understanding who we are and how valuable we are. So that's the remedy that can help us out in dealing with this. And you notice all three of these, which are considered to be some of the worst of the deadly sins or capital vices, they all have to do with wrong understandings not just intellectual, but but also in our hearts about who we are and what's good and what's bad and what we should be pursuing and valuing. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.